Well, ooh, we'll give you a time to adjust there. I'm trying. I'm, I'm currently sitting on a pillow, and oh. it's moving. Hey, don't worry. I'm on a hard plastic chair right now, so we've got the best kind of comfort going. <laughs> All right, on we go. Welcome, folks, to another episode here of the Soul Sessions. It's time to suit up again because this episode, the beautiful bruiser, the sin of professional wrestling, Molly Spartan. Welcome to the show. Hi, thank you very much for having me. And thank you for being so patient. I've had a terrible day with technology today and getting stuck on pillows and things like that. But we're here and hopefully it goes smoothly from now on. We will keep that train rolling and make sure the tracks are steady. <laughs> no alternate course going on. But Molly, what I love to do with every guest, every guest has a story and every story has a beginning. I would love to know, how did your story begin within the world of professional wrestling? You mean from the start, from when I discovered wrestling or when I started working in wrestling? Let's go right to the beginning, right as a fan. So, from the start, um, basically I, I often tell this story about how I got into wrestling because I think a lot of people end up discovering it because their big cousin was watching it and they came in and watched it or they, their brothers or things like that, where for me it was different because when I grew up we had... I mean, it's going to show my age, but we used to have these little black, like, telewest cable boxes that had red digits on them. And now, it was either Channel 21 or Channel 22. Don't crucify me if I'm wrong, but it was one of them. And it used to have Cartoon Network on it. Now, anybody that knows me knows I am the biggest Powerpuff Girls fan you will ever meet. have always been one loyal, like... Like, I've got artwork on my walls and things like that. Like, love it. And I always say it was such the perfect cartoon that, like, showed that little girls, no matter if they were boisterous, artistic, or proud of their intelligence, they could still fight for what they believed in. Plus, it had Mojo Jojo and him. And, like, they had the best villains that were just <laughs> flawed but wonderful. Um, so we used to, I used to watch Cartoon Network. Now, what would happen on at 9 o'clock... There were certain channels that used to split the watershed. So when the watershed happened in the UK, for people in the US, you don't know, at nine o'clock it cuts. So that at nine o'clock you can say pretty much whatever you want. You can show whatever you want to limit, uh, depending on your channel. But in the US it's a bit mad. Um, but in the UK there, there's these rules. So at nine o'clock it would change and it would change the channel TNT um, or the, the, the provider TNT. Um, which famously, obviously hosted WCW. And um, one marvellous Friday night, I was watching, thinking I was getting an extra copy of the Purple of Girls because nine o'clock came and it hadn't changed. And instead, I was like all excited. And then it changed to big Bill Goldberg's screaming face down my television and was like, whoa, oh, what is this? Fell off the kitchen table, didn't know what was going on. And then my little brother ran in and was like, what's happening? And we basically discovered WCW. So on a Friday night, my mom and dad would go out and have, like, have a night out. Our cousin would come and babysit us. And at nine o'clock, we would watch wrestling. Now, at this point in time, we really didn't know who anybody was. Um, but that's where we sort of started to learn. My mom, would, mom and dad would come back from their night out. My mom always had the theory of whoever got hit first was winning. Whoever did the first hit was losing that was that's her she and she stuck to it to this day that's her theory whoever throws the first punch is not winning um but yes yeah, so that's how we discovered it but then 
through that, we sort of ended up changing network providers and we ended up starting getting the WWF and WWE. My brother became infatuated with Mr. Johnson um, to a point where I was stone cold. He was the rock. I took many a rock bottom. He took many a stunner in our living room. Um, and then, yeah, eventually just here I am. <laughs> but yeah, uh, fell yeah, in love with it with my brother. It's still a thing, me and my brother, like, Clearly, I'm a bit more into it than he is, um, but it's still something. Like, my brother, when I started to train, my brother just out and over just went, I support your decision to start training. And I was like, oh, th thanks very much, David. And he was like, yeah, one day I'm going to meet The Rock because of you. And I was like, oh, okay, that's 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 your reasoning, but I'll take it. I'll take it. That's a reason and reason, but, you know, I'm going to ask there. Cartoon Network. Me, me, I loved Codename Kids Next Door. That was my favourite show as a kid. But I want to know, who's your favourite Powerpuff Girl out of the three? I, I, Mojo Jojo. Uh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> Technically, I have the Chemical X bottle tattooed on me because Chemical X is what made the girls and Mojo the way he is. But I genuinely can't. I, 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 like, I, get, called, I get told that I'm Blossom, but I think it's more because mm. I've got the red hair. Um, but I think I'm a perfect amalgamation of all three. I'm very, I, I like to be, I like to seem, seem. I'm, I'm proud of my intelligence. I will give you a whooping, but my God, just sometimes a lovely rainbow is just pretty to look at. Very true indeed, obviously. And obviously, you know, while you were going to train as well, you know, many great training schools up in Scotland now with FPWA, but obviously the Glasgow Pro Wrestling Asylum and Iron Gritters and everything, you know, for yourself going to training, I know it was Glasgow Pro Wrestling Asylum, that environment, what was it like going into there for training? So I was actually, I think, officially there is only two left, two or three of us left from the original class. We were, I was part of the first class. So going into it, it was actually a complete question mark. We didn't, we were essentially the guinea pigs of the school. Um, but it was obviously the coaches were established enough. They knew what they were talking about. So we knew we were going in to learn from great minds. Um, but yeah, we were the ones that kind of took the leap of faith and seen how it would go. Um, the only two, the only other two I could think of that are left is there is a luchador wrestler called Soldato who's still going about, works at Target, things like that. But the only two of us that have managed to get to ICW is myself and Eddie Castle. Um, we are day oneers from GPWA. Um, we were part of the first class, the first group, um, and really the starting of how they would sort of grow and decide to how to actually do their training uh, is with us. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. I mean, that's a hell of a thing there to be a part of the first class. You know, obviously with. Scotland now there's so many training schools popping up what does it mean to see so many opportunities now for people to become wrestlers here in Scotland it's great I mean it, it, the, the, there's always been the saying that there's something in the water in Scotland um, as we do seem to produce a lot of great talent um, but yeah it's it's the different places that are springing up um, just means it's more there's different levels as well for individuals because yeah, sure. Like I love the way of that I was coached, but there's probably people that don't like that kind of method of coaching. 
Um, but the fact that there is other places you can go to, you can find what helps you learn. Like, I've been dyslexic and I've had my ways of learning of things. I, I know what helps me learn things quicker. And um, mm. Angel Hayes always laughs at the fact that she says that she could always see the cogs turning in my head when I'm trying to figure something out because she'll just see it's literally I've heard her go there she goes because my brain will go tick 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 ching when I get it she's like there she is she's got it like she she laughs at me all the time for it because I'm dyslexic I don't know my left from my right which you'd think is terrible for a wrestler but um if you just do that with your left you get an L so hmm. occasionally you'll just see me go if you ever see me in the ring go I'm trying to figure out which way I'm going. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I think because there is a wealth of uh, schools now, it means that, yeah, each person can find the way that they want to be trained and what helps, what suits them best now. Of course, absolutely. And it's great to see. But also, you mentioned that, you know, having your own way of training. You know, we've had many trainers on from FBWA and, you know, Andy Roberts and Johnny Lyons, and they talked about building training programs around individuals. Like it's sort of like a person-centered training plan. For you, Molly, was that, how great is it to see that, you know, we're giving like these opportunities for people to learn their own way, their own path through seminars or in-ring training or other ways they like to learn? It's great. I mean, especially, obviously, I am now affiliated with Iron Girders, uh, most being it essentially part of uh, a business. Uh, with it being belonging to my husband and uh, in, in, in the grand scheme of things. Um, but it means that like we've been able to supply things like one-on-one -on -one training. There's some people that actually get, they're, they're, they get anxious when they're doing it in a group, if they feel like they don't, they're going in and not knowing what they're doing. So they get a bit anxious. So there's a lot of people that come to the one-on-one -on -one training, they get their basics, just one-on-one, -on -one. it's very intimate. And then, they can go into a class where they feel more comfortable and being able to sort of mingle, at least knowing somewhat of what they're doing. Um, so yeah, we we supply that kind of thing. And it, it, I mean, it is, it's crucial because there's also levels where we've had times where I've gone in to coach because somebody's actively requested, like, can I get a female or like a, maybe a, a girl that will come in or somebody of trans. We've had trans people come in and do one-on-one sessions, but it's because They've said, like, I think I'd feel more comfortable with a female trainer, so I'll go in, help them with roles and and, and whatever they want to sort of specialise in. Um, mm -hmm. I mean, no man has ever really been unhappy with me coaching them either because I'm not exactly a delicate little flower. Um, but, um, yeah, it's, it's, it is crucial, but, yeah, it's every place is different and the fact that now there is this wealth of places that you can go to places that feel more like a community and then there's the places that are more sort of like right no let's get this done let's treat it like a dojo kind of style thing and yeah it's it's great and it's great everybody sort of got their own hub and they're trying to find multiple ways of sort of learning the thing that we all love and hopefully it also makes it interesting when you get in the ring because then you're dealing with people that have learned different things i mean i've been lucky that i've traveled all over the place so I've been able to learn from other people from all different walks of life and different places around the world where some people don't really get that so it's kind of cool that that's kind of happening in Glasgow even if I just say not just in Scotland. No absolutely and you know Iron Girders is a great place you know I've had guests also as Martin McAllister and Nicole Jasmine and they talked about the great 
experience they've got from there. I mean, what does it mean to hear from you that, you know, the training you're providing for these wrestlers is, you know, paying off, they're doing great things and they have such great feedback for you and Iron Girders. It's great. I mean, I, I think we really have built something special when we are really producing some incredible talent and helping some incredible talent as well who may have started elsewhere and have come to us. Um, for us, it was always, I mean, with Girders, we sort of, We've sort of become a school, but initially we are the pro wrestling gym is more more of them. There is a fully equipped gym there. And when you're a member of, of Girders, you also have a membership to the gym. Um, a couple of things that we're really proud of, we have a tag class that specific, like, specifies in tag wrestling. Um, and it means that people that do want to be in a tag team are able to come, but also people that want to try being in a tag team, seeing if something works, if it can work for them as well. Because for me, as, as you know, and probably most people that watch this, that are, they're tuning in because they know me, um, I'm also part of a tag team. I'm part of the She-Wolves. And for me, I found it was crucial to learn every aspect, be it everything that I do in my singles, but also how to be a tag wrestler. Because really, why would I cut my nose off to spite myself and just not learn something that is massive and is important in wrestling and is beloved in wrestling so why not learn both and the girders you are able to do that you are able to go along and understand the psychology of a tag match as well as the psychology of singles matches and multi-man matches etc um mm. we also do a sort of character class where you can come and actually talk about where you want your character to go and how would your character talk and get you to do promos and people that are maybe a bit uncomfortable or really sort of trying to find their groove and how they're going to talk um comes to that on a, on a wednesday and yeah we're able to actually have proper conversations and try and get you to think about who is molly spartan who is mark McAllister, who is um who is the soul session sort of thing like what what does what does it mean like what does it go where's it going where does it get inspiration from um, and, and, and things like that as well. So we're sort of taking a new approach to it as well. Plus, we also supply the WrestleFit classes, which focus on people's conditioning for the ring, not just necessarily just... But also, if you don't even want to... Be, we've got a couple of people that um, they don't necessarily want to be wrestlers. They might want to be referees, etc., etc. They come to the WrestleFit class just to get fit really to actually have a workout with um it's levi um who actually hosts that who's a trained pt and he takes people through workouts every every friday i think it's at six and seven p.m um so yeah there's a wealth of stuff that we feel we are providing um that's different to other places but other places provide many things plus we're associated with uh the looking sharps dojo they run a monday uh, as well so yeah we've 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 kind of become this cool little hub um that we're really proud of and we're really proud of the talent that's coming out and we're also really proud of the shows that we're producing mm -hmm. um which we're hosting in the gym so people are getting to come along and actually have a peek to see where we we do everything i mean grant we remove all the the gym equipment before the show starts because then it'd be it'd be a real mess uh but yeah it's we really enjoy it we're we enjoy sort of filming the shows and even when I'm in America, 
and obviously Wolfie's here in America. We have a live stream, so yeah, we sit and watch them when we're here and when I'm back home and stuff like that. So um, yeah, we're 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 quite we're, we're happy with how how it's going. Uh, <laughs> hopefully, it just gets better and better. Oh, absolutely, and you know, I'm seeing the, the what just on Instagram and everything of talent coming there happy and everything. It's just great to see. It. Honestly, folks, if you're watching Angerders, check them out. You'll love it there. But one thing I was interested. We oh. are also going to be hosting the first LGBTQ plus event on the 30th of September, which uh, Shane O'Neill has. He came to us and was like, "I really want to do this, but I need." And we were like, "We'll help you. Like, we'll we'll help you with this. You do what you want, but like sort of things like that." So. Yeah, like he's it's also supporting people wanting to do other ventures like this and she's wanted to do this for years. Like knowing the boy, he's wanted to do it for years and now he's getting an opportunity to actually do it and we're going like here you go. Absolutely. I mean it's funny you mentioned that Molly Shea was on the show last year which she talked about wanting to do this event well, so he's been yeah. at it for a long time and it's historic as well. The first LGBT wrestling event, I believe in Glasgow, or maybe it's all of Scotland as well. But I know it's in know Scotland, the first one ever in Scotland. Um, but he's this has been something he's chased for years before the pandemic, before anything like that. He's been wanting to do it. We, I even went to see venues with him before when he was just sort of trying to find a place that he can go and then possibly sort of. So, yeah, like went with him, and this has been something he's really wanted to do. And just one day, he just sort of sent me a voice note going, Do, do, you, do you think Wolfie would let me use Iron Girders? And I was like, I mean probably ask him and that's sort of where it started and they had a chat and yeah he's really excited about it like he is like if this thing doesn't sell out it will be mind-blowing because the amount of work that this boy wants to do now and we're going right 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 do this and we're sort of trying to teach him of like this is how you schedule announcements and this is how you do this sort of thing um but it is it's just it's a talent wanting to learn a new skill and it's a new skill that we can go right we can teach you what we know and you can host it here and learn something new as well in wrestling like the more we can teach people that can further their career after they're done in the ring the better absolutely and an historic show for girders as well which, i mean you've got to be really proud of having that as a historic thing you're doing yeah, I mean, really, we're just so happy that we're able to support one of the people that train there that wants to do something like this that means so much to him and being able to support him um, wanting to fulfil this dream. That's really the thing that we're mostly focused on. Um, and, yeah, she's, she's, like, talking to him as well. He's happy that he's so delighted that he's able because he understands that that's really it's just us supporting somebody wanting to do something that they've wanted to do for years and really that's what it really is when anybody comes into train be it they want to be a ref or a or a manager or a wrestler like we are enjoying supporting people having these dreams be it they have one match and that's them or if they want to go and travel to the likes of japan or around the world or even if it's just they want to end up hosting things that helps the community other communities that they're involved in um so yeah we, we're like we're really proud to host it and really proud to help Shay along this way in this journey to uh, like Shay. like we've already been discussing like who knows this could be the new scottish gay brunch for you know what i mean mm -hmm. like we, this is the first one we'll see how it goes we'll, we'll help you with whatever you can we'll help you cover sort of some things and like that as well but yeah really for us it's just being able to support uh, the people that actually come and train 
Um, because we don't just want to be this place that you show up, you pay your money, and then you leave. Like we want to be able to help you with whatever aspects and dreams that you do have to the extent that we can help you. Like, um, we 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 can't we can't turn everybody into Brock Lesnar, but we could try. Um <laughs> Oh, that's very wholesome to see that you have such care and all that. And it's great to see that, honestly. Congratulations for having this event coming up. Honestly, well done for this, Molly. It's going to be a true smashing hit. Yeah, I'm, and I'm also very excited. We've got some, some of the talent that I know are coming. I'm mm. very excited to to work with and see um, and also being involved with. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm excited about the show too. I'm excited to be on the show. So, yeah, it'll be good. <laughs> excitement surprises all around but there was something in there you mentioned only a couple bit back that i've always been fascinated about this running season of the soul sessions has been covering ring psychology i'm very fascinated by it and you know how it works as a singles wrestler and a tagged wrestler but some people say it's a lost art you know maybe it's not as focused upon now or developed from yourself Molly, do you agree with that statement or do you feel like ring psychology is blossoming more than now than ever i mean i'm probably gonna it probably depends on where you train and stuff and who you're surrounded by but to me it's it's so important it's unbelievably important um everything i think i do like i've corrected myself in the ring going, what are you doing God. <laughs> like i'm i'm one of, but i also i don't know if it's also just because it's now an iron girders thing like we're very crucial of like why are you here what are you doing why are you doing this make it like try and make things make sense because it also makes things easier for other people. Um, yeah, I think, but again, it all depends on where you train. There's going to be places that just love just hitting cool moves and everybody loves cool moves and that's all good. But if you're able to not have to kill yourself but make people so invested in something that when you do hit a cool move, the place just goes off it's not like it also makes your career longer it makes things easier for everybody else on the card it makes th like in the long run and i god I, I love hitting cool moves i love taking cool moves i'm not saying that i'm not saying like don't do that but yeah to me it's so crucial a your psychology is so important like why would i do this why would i be here what would i do like just the simple question of why um, and I'm always one for asking that. Like if somebody goes, oh, I want to do this, and I'll go, why do you want to do this? What's Where's the lead up? Why, how are we getting there? I'm cool with doing that, but how are we getting there? That's sort of the question. I, and I've so far, I mean, people might call me a bitch behind my back. I don't know. But so far, I've not had anybody straight up be like, no, oh, she's a cow. But it, it, might, it might happen. But OK, cool. You think I'm a cow. I'm, I'm cool with it. Um, <laughs> but the people that I work with regularly, the people that I get excited to work about, they are the same sort of mindset. They everything they do has a reason behind it, and I also think these are the people that are getting a lot of attention now, and it's because everything they do has a reason behind it, and that's even though some people might not realise that's what what they're seeing and what they're taking in, it is what you're seeing and what you're taking in. Mm -hmm. Um. But yeah, to me, that's that's important, and also, um, what way you're facing is important to me. Like, <laughs> make sure the most people that can see this can see this. That's 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 a big thing for me as well. 
um, positioning is a huge thing with me and you will just and I'll go no 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 we're doing this and we're going that way and they go okay and I've moved people before plenty of times but yeah ring psychology is it's always going to be important no matter what it is and yes the pace of matches might be getting faster the pace of things might be getting quicker but in reality the matches that you're going to go back and watch time and time and time and time again are the ones that have the best psychology the reason why you watch a lot of Shawn Michaels. So Shawn Michaels' flair, Shawn Michaels' Undertaker's is the psychology, is the story that's told in front of you. Undertaker, Mankind. Like, and it's that sort of thing. Like, in reality, Undertaker, Mankind, a lot happens and a lot doesn't happen at the same time. But it's the psychology around the thing that makes it so captivating. And, like, you're thinking, is he dead? Like, what just happened? Why? What's going on? Like... That's the, the 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 matches that you hold dear mm-hmm. aren't normally just full of things that make no sense. The matches that people remember and properly hold in their hearts all seem to have this psychology behind it. You go, why do you like that? And they go, oh, because he's mental and he's like, I feel sorry for him or I love him or like things like that. Like your moments that you remember and that you hold dear have reason behind it and yeah it's always it's always going to be a thing thing for me a massive thing and a massive part of who I am as a performer and it's a massive part of the majority of the people that that I I actually really respect it's a massive part of theirs um and yeah I know it's very important to my husband too the amount of times he like he'll go why did that happen and then I'll explain it and he goes oh right okay what about this? And I go, all right, okay. Like we have proper conversations about it. And I think it's really crucial. And I think it's a big part on like people getting feedback and people getting better too. Just asking them simple questions of like, why did you do that? This is why you did that. Oh, not. And if I ever get, oh, cause it's cool. I'll be like, get in the bin. Do that. You can do it, but do it for this bin. Like, yeah, cool. But why? Mm, everyone has to have a reason you know you can't just bust out a super kick with not having meaning <laughs> yeah 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 like why did you super kick him in the face oh i super kicked him in the face because he he tried to fire into my mom fair kick him in the face again like that that's thing you know what i mean hey it's it's a, <laughs> it's a reason well it's a reason if anything i mean hey well, i would go reason. Here's a reason most people would find justified if somebody tried to fire into your mum. You're the super kick woman in the face. I'd be terrible at it. I can't, I'm not a super kicker. I'd probably just squish it. But other people might super kick. Who knows what they're going for? But I know, obviously, no more. In your career, you've met some great wrestling icons. You met Mick Foley, you met Roddy Roddy Piper, and you met my favorite mm-hmm. wrestler, John Moxley, as well. You know, these yeah. are. Great talents, you know. I want to know first of all, meeting the likes of Mick Foley and Roddy Potty Piper. Do you ever do you just just starstruck, just get over you, or do you try to remain professional as you can? Obviously, I've been very lucky because I work with Inside the Ropes as well, doing sort of their live tours and stuff like that. Um, yes, of course, it's incredibly lucky, and it's also been great to sort of understand who those people are behind the performer, too. Um, but for me, when we did the tour with Edge, uh, um, I genuinely believe Kenny McIntosh booked that just to try and see me flustered for once. 
and <laughs> and it worked. Uh, <laughs> um, it was really odd, sort of like the the crew said it was one of the first times ever that they seen me just. I walked into the show and was like, I'm watching the start of this. Everybody leave me alone. And they were like, okay, like leave her alone. And it, the, it, but it was that interesting thing, being able to watch the highlights. So Ollie uh, Satian, who does sort of, when we do the tours, he will do the, the videos that go up and stuff like that and the work that he puts into them. And yeah, it's usually like a, a start to end of their career or the, where they are just now. Mm-hmm. And watching Edges, I was just like, I've stole everything. <laughs> I'm a sham, but no, but it, but at the same time of realizing, just not even realizing just how inspirational that man is to what I do. Although there are elements that are very different, there are obviously elements that are very similar. Um, there were little things that I had done, and I knew I'd done in wrestling, and I didn't even mentally realize I uh, well I did that because edge did it like and it's such an influence so but yeah being able to to meet these people and also realizing edge is one of the nicest men in the world put my soul at ease because i was like please don't be a dick man come on like just be nice don't ruin everything he didn't so that's good thumbs up (laughs) but yeah, it's 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 also good seeing the people that I did invest so much time in weren't good, nice people as well. Um, but also being able to ask them advice and things mm-hmm. like that. And although my god, every time I go to do it, my heart is going boom, 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 boom. <sighs> my face is trying to be like I'm cool and calm and collected here. I am a professional, but um, the majority of them will actually open up. And to be honest, one of the nicest moments I had was when I won the women's ICW um women's championship. Um I went and joined inside the ropes the following day uh in Dublin um uh with Kurt Angle and Kurt Angle came up to him and was like congratulations and I was like he was asking where you'd gone and I was like oh he was like in the fact that he'd worked for ICW. He was like, "Oh, that's cool! Like she's getting that. That's class." So yeah, he came up and said, "Congratulations!" And I was like, "That's that's cool." Like there's like little moments like that that you're like, "Oh, well, that's surreal." But yeah, it's cool at the same time. Holy shit! I couldn't imagine as a wrestler winning a championship, then Kurt motherfucking Angle comes up and says, "Congratulations, well done!" Holy shit! <laughs> yeah, yeah. And he just appeared and was like, "Oh, you're back! Congratulations!" And I was like. Just shaking hands like, oh, cheers, big man. I'm, I'm not scared at all or shit in my britches right now. Holy shit. <laughs> wow. Kurt, genuinely, Kurt is one of the funniest and nicest people um, that I've had a chance to work with. Um, but yeah, there, I've, 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 had a, I've had a lot of really good ones. Like I had, like, we did shows with Pat Patterson before he passed and mm. we took him to Canal Street in Manchester, sort of the gay district, and it is one of the best nights I have ever had in my life and I will hold those memories with me till the day I die. Just seeing them pirouetting with uh, drag queens on Canal Street and oh. dancing and singing my way. Like we convinced a karaoke bar on there to let them sing my way. And it was just so good just seeing this man so happy in his surroundings 
Um, and some actually, I'm watching them pirouette and dance with a drag queen in the middle of Canal Street and thinking, you invented the Royal Rumble. <laughs> um, wow. But yeah, it, just moments like that I will never, I will always cherish. That That's a hell of a memory, definitely to keep close to the chest. I mean, wow, yeah. definitely. But obviously, you know, there's someone I talk about who's recently, you know, kicking ass in the ring. You've met Dean Ambrose, John Moxley, who's a man who's been killing it right now. But obviously, you know, we've talked about character work and Dean Ambrose and John Moxley, I view as two different individuals, kind of a hell of a character shift. From your point of view, Molly, obviously as a fan of John and his work, seeing those two characters, do you think of them as two distinguished individuals or, you know, they're just one of the same individual? So the difference being is, so I actually started watching uh, John Moxley stuff before he went to WWE and was very confused when they signed him because I was like, they seemed the right guy. Like, they seemed Tournament of Death. Like, because at that point, they hadn't really signed anybody from, like, you know what I mean? Like, they went through any of that sort of stuff. was like, no, no, no. Um, so when they signed John Moxley, I was kind of like, they've, they've, they've screwed the pooch here. Like, this is the wrong person they've signed. What is going on? Um, and yeah, then he then he went to FCW, and I think although I loved his work before, and I like he was just this madman with promos and car parks with terrible lighting and things like that. Like I loved his work when he had the daft pink hair and everything. Um, but then I'm getting signed, and I feel like that's when he sort of started to learn the question of why, why are we doing things, like what's the reasoning. So I think also having a partner that is in the performance center and having like having friends like Alba Fire and, and Piper and and things like that who are there regularly and have gone through all that. Um you start to start learning things like why are you doing this? What's the reason? Like you're not just doing it because you think it's cool because in reality it could benefit somebody else better and it could benefit a story better if you're not doing this kind of thing and I think that's where he sort of learned that and I think that he sort of I think a lot of the people I think one of the benefits of them signing people that had been in the performance center to AEW is those people were coming with the question of why mm-hmm. um where I think a lot of people hadn't really been exposed to that um but now you can see that the, the pool is sort of developing and there are more people you like it's weird that I can I can start seeing there's now matches in AEW that are asking the question of why and it is becoming a better like a much better product than what it had I'm not saying it was a bad product in the past but it's just a better product now mm-hmm. um and like they wouldn't be selling at Wembley Stadium if they weren't you know what I mean if there wasn't an, an ex- like the first year of AEW, everybody was like, "Let's see how this does. Is this any good?" And then, yeah, they 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 made some right signings in order to sort of clump it together. Mm. Um, and now they're selling at Wembley Stadium, which is mental. You know what I mean? But um, yeah, seeing his developed growth, and yes, obviously, I feel like the restraints of things because clearly Moxley loves doing things like barbed wire and, and all those that there must there's just a thing in his brain that goes I, I, I want to do that and obviously he wasn't going to really get to do that in WWE so he is getting to sort of express his death match bloodlust uh, in AW more 
Um, but yeah, they are very different, but it, but also, I said very different. I don't, th- I don't think they're very different. I do think they're still the same, but I think they're just a different de- de- developmental of that character. Mm. Um, and who knows, it might end up sort of, he might end up reverting back to more like what he was. Like Ambrose just to, you know, save some blood. Uh, <laughs> but, but yeah, no, it's just another stage in his career as a wrestler. We're all... The best wrestlers all know when they need to change and when they need to develop into something new and do something new because eventually it gets old hack and it's and people stop watching because there's something else new and shiny to watch. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you can keep reinventing yourself, you're always going to be the new shiny thing. Um, Chris Jericho is the perfect example of that. Edge is the perfect example of that. Like constantly trying to find a different angle, a different perspective, a different mindset, a different sort of set of eyes to look upon things to make things constantly interesting and to keep you relevant. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. You know, innovation is the name of the game. And, you know, obviously, yeah. let's go back to home, Scotland, because you can't mention Scotland and wrestling without ICW. ICW is a hell of a place. I want to know, Molly, how did you initially find out about ICW and what did it mean for you to wrestle for them? So my stories. Much more in depth than I think a lot of people realise. I've been there since. I've been there well for the company. Like, so I initially went in. So I, I first got announced to ICW because I did a college project on the Stand Comedy Club, and the comedian that they got me to follow was Billy Kirkwood. And me and Billy ended up realising that we were essentially the male and female equivalent of one another, so much so that he showed up to our first meeting with a Punisher bag, which when I was wearing a Punisher hoodie. Um, We're both straight-edge, wrestling-loving, comic book, tattoo-loving nerds that are both dyslexic and don't drink and are straight-edge. So we're just like, like, it's... And we had great hair. We both have cracking heads of hair. Um, but yeah, it's just it, it, it was weird. So we sort of became friends through it. And so it was weird, like what you probably don't see, but Billy has a Pepsi Cola tattoo on him because he's straight edge. And all his mates were getting like um other things. He got a Pepsi Cola tattoo. And it was actually weirdly, it was after the project that we brought up wrestling. And I remember just messaging him and going, I need to ask you something and you're either going to know what I'm talking about or you're going to be like, what? And I went, do you do you have a Pepsi Cola tattoo because you like Pepsi or because you like CM Punk? And he was like, oh, I do like CM Punk, but it's because I like Pepsi. I was like, okay, cool. And he went, you know who CM Punk is? And I was like, <laughs> I was like, yes. Definitely, and then that sort of where it all sort of we ended up talking, realizing, oh my god, we both like wrestling too. Um, and then he obviously started, he was initially just doing the ring, he, his first night on ICW, I think he was a ring announcer. Mm. Um, so he was basically doing Simon Cassidy's job initially, which initially I'm just gonna adjust, sit comfortable. <laughs> uh, initially was a comedian called Des Clark who's on, like, radio in Scotland and stuff like that. So Des Clark had done it for a while. Then Des couldn't do it, so he put Billy forward to it. Billy did ring announcing, and then all of a sudden, 
um, Billy ended up on commentary and things like that. And Billy had messaged me saying, you should come and see this show. It's like Glaswegian ECW. And I was like, sold. So there, there's a photo of me and my mate Juliet standing in the background of like this match, which had Jester in it, and we're like, <laughs> and I was like, oh, finally I see that. And then after that, I was like, I need, I need to get involved somehow. And I was doing television, I was studying television at college, going on to university at the time, met Mark Dallas, and was basically, I was like, Billy, and introduced me. Met Mark Dallas and was like, look. I can get you a camera and lights and microphone basically for free for the next year at least, if not carrying whatever happens at uni. Um, I just need work experience. I went, I need work experience to write down that I'm doing. If I just give you a bit of paper with what I've done and you sign it, can I? And he was like, sure, cool. I because it meant that he got his shows filmed. He got he got a free camera. He didn't have to pay out and hire one. Um, so did that for for a while and then. Eventually, he was just like, do you just want to keep on doing this? And I was like, Shh, yeah. So I ended up sort of filming all the backstage promos. I had some of the absolute greats come through there. Basically, anybody, like, the, the pool, you're, you're fully gallus, you're Alba Fies, you're Piper Nivens, you're, like, Big Demo, Nikki Cross, like, I, I, all of them, like, done it with all of them, filmed all their stuff, helped them sort of, sort of hone that skill but also help other people as well uh sort of try and find their voice there was loads of people that initially i remember there was i won't name the individual but i remember them coming in and being a bit like why do i have to do this i hate doing this i don't like doing promos and i just went i went right okay anyway i just have nothing to say and he was he was being a bit crab and i went fine say that no like, what and i was like the promo doesn't need to be like three minutes long monologue you can simply just tell me you have nothing to say and then leave and he was like oh okay and then from there they became a much easier person to sort of deal with um but i think it was that idea of like right having somebody that would go i'm going to make sure all this all this content for with that point we were trying to do television and then it went on to an on-demand service and then it went on to like like uh, yeah we, we went back and forth with fight which now it's on fight again and um yeah so i did that for years i went on tours with them made sure everybody was on the bus uh when the bus left which was i remember one day that was my job for this for like weekends on on a row and we both had demo and nikki on one tour and one t one day they told them leave her alone just let her sleep and when i woke up and the bus was moving i burst through that door like why are we moving and he was like i told him the notes everybody's on the bus i got i got it sorted like i've been checked where everybody's here um you're good just go back to sleep i was like okay thank you i've been asleep for like eight days lately <laughs> like, that, well that's what i felt we'd only been away for two but it felt like eight um but yeah, it was just, it was that sort of thing. So yeah, I'd been there for ages. And then eventually, weirdly, when I talk about how I ended up wrestling, it's it, honest to God, it sounds like some mad rom-con movie that could have possibly happened. But I remember we were doing the, we were doing the August uh, Fringe run um, 
in a venue called Studio 24 that I don't think is there anymore, which is very sad because it was a great wee venue. Um, but we did every Sunday at the Fringe. And I remember there was one day we were passing beams out, like the, the door, and it was me and Wolfgang, who's now my husband, so the, the, the rom-com bit comes in. But I remember at that point, like, we were just friends. We, we worked with each other at ICW. There wasn't any sort of indications, let's say. Um, but I remember talking to him and sort of saying, like, um, I don't know what made me ask this, but I went, where do you see yourself next? Like, what do you want to do next in wrestling? And I, I don't know why, but that was just what okay, like, ask, 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 ask this guy a question. So I asked him that, and he said, oh, I'd really like to coach. And I was like, oh, that's cool. Like, where would you want to coach? Like, what would you want to do? And he started, started saying, like, oh, he had this sort of idea of how he'd want to coach things and how he'd want to do things. And he wouldn't want to go to one place because he would upset the other because he'd be friends with everybody, et cetera, et cetera. I was like, oh, that's cool. And he was like, yeah, I'd really like to start a place. He's like, I'm just worried nobody would show up. And I went, okay, we should at number one. Well, look, I'll come and learn. I went, it's maybe a new um, sort of dynamic and a new point of view for me to learn. If I know, I know everything outside the ring. I know how the, everything's built. I know the ticketing. I know the filming. I know the promos. I know the this. And I know, I just don't know what happens in the square. And he, I was like, so maybe I could come and learn a different perspective. And he was like, okay, cool. Then eventually GPWA started to form and he managed to sort of get his group. And I got this message saying, were you serious about being student number one? And I was like, yeah, totally serious. Like, what would I do? And at that point, I literally made it, I was like, I'm just going to go and support a friend, a work colleague, learn a new thing. It'll be cool. But because for so long, I'd never seen myself as the wrestler because for so long, there was really nobody that represented me. There was mm -hmm. nobody. And I'm not just saying like with my size, because I'm not, a del as I've said, a delicate flower. And I'm, Oh, well, famously dubbed the big girl by Al Snow. Um, but the big girl, and this isn't you going, oh, what is me or anything? It just wasn't. Like, the closest I'd say for a long time was probably Beth Phoenix was the best person that I could look up, look towards and look up to and still do. Um, but I'm not Kelly Kelly. I'm never going to be Kelly Kelly. And that's okay. That's perfectly fine. But there was just there was a big run of people like that when I was going sort of through my teenage or teenage years, and that's just sort of what was in front of me of what you had to look like and be. And also, there was nobody with my voice. Let's be honest. Like although there was Beth, she was still American. They didn't quite have the dulcet tones of the Scottish accent yet, and they'd kind of broken Drew a bit. Um, so. <laughs> It was it it was it was it was very much a thing that I was like I love this so much that I'd be worried that I'd be rejected from it, and I'd just be it, it would kill me. And then when I started to train, you had the likes of like Viper, Piper Niven, absolutely killing it in Japan, and and Kaylee Ray, Alwa Fire now doing the same. Two very different backgrounds, different looking women, but also both had the drive and the determination to just do what they wanted to do without it was weird it was like they were constantly just doing what they wanted to to be happy and to prove that they could and because of that that's why the likes of wwe and stuff wanted them we desperately mm -hmm. wanted to get out of them because they seen how different they were and how much they wanted this um and it's so inspirational still 
Um, but having sort of that made me go, okay, maybe I could do this. And then I'll always remember with GBWA, they did an eight week course initially. So within those eight weeks, you had to be able to do up to a certain thing to then continue on. Um, if you didn't, they were maybe advised on how to help with your be it flexibility or whatever in order to be able to be to get to a certain point. And I remember the the late great Lionheart, Adrian McCallum, just straight up telling me, mate, I thought you were going to be shit. Uh, but actually, you're not bad. And I went, thank, thank, thanks, mate. Um, but yeah, from there I was like, great. Great chat, but at the same time, I understood what he meant. Like, I, th I think, I, I think a lot of people had got so used to me being the person that ran about and did all the, the dirty work and did the filming and happily would do X, Y, and Z, but they never ever seen me as the person in the ring. And then eventually, they did and went, "Oh wait, this is what you should do." Um, and I still worked for ICW while I did the training and stuff, but to be able to actually eventually. Like I ended up sort of stepping away for a bit to focus on wrestling, which was very sort of difficult. But at the same time, it was crucial in having the likes of, at that time, Duncan Gray was still working and that sort of saying to me, like, go and really, like, if this is what you want, chase it. So I made sure that, God help me, like, I made sure as soon as I crossed those ropes, there was no chance that they couldn't bring me back, that they couldn't instantly just be like, okay, well, you're part of the roster now. Like, I was making sure, and even then, I, by the time I worked for ICW, I'd already worked for the likes of Ring of Honor and, and things like that. So I'd, I'd grafted to make sure and went around. I'd done many a trips overseas by then. I'd done all that sort of stuff because I was making sure, nah, they are going to have me. They, they don't have a choice, right? I am going to be an ICW roster member. I'm going to be one of the women that help keep going the absolute legacy that has already sort of passed us. Um, I also had my best mate, Casey Owens, one half of the She-Wolves with me. Um, and sort of just as constantly were like, I was like, no, when I get through those ropes, I am not just being a nice one-time surprise. Oh, look, here they are. I'm making sure that I am there. I will be on every show. I will be booked every time that they possibly can. Um, and then I was luckily enough to work with Alex Angel Hayes and through the sort of the COVID bubble and um, having us have each other was everything. Like, I think like being able to have someone who is on paper, the opposite to me but at the same time it has that same sort of air of Kaylee Ray and Viper on paper very different but in person has that drive has that spirit wants to be the best and wants to be better but also wants to help everybody else around them be better as well for selfish reasons to make like if you're able to help people get better, it means also you get better and you're able to have better matches because you're in with better people. Um, and yeah, I think we've truly had each other through a very difficult time and a very strange time to sort of really also really focus on your psychology because there weren't people in the room to go, oh, that was cool. Like you had to you had to have the psychology and had to have these matches that really told a story 
so that people kept watching them because they wanted to know what happened next and how do they resolve this and where does this go kind of thing. Um, yeah, does that answer the question? Have I just gone off in a pure mad tangent? Because I tend to do that. I'm really sorry. Really? Well, I think that's what you've just said there is just showing why you are integral to ICW, why you deserve that roster spot, because you are killing it. You are the best around here in Scotland and just absolutely killing it. But obviously, you mentioned someone there who was great with ICW, the late, great Lionheart, who got put in the ICW Hall of Fame. Truly great man. Just a shame that he's gone. I wanted to know... Well, have you got a favourite Lionheart match? Oh, I mean, the match with him and Jackie Polo in the Barrowlands was just... because The thing is, again, it's the psychology that comes involved. The reason why that match was so crucial was because for a very long time, those two genuinely hated one another. Like, like people think, oh, so, I mean, on, they're genuinely despised each other. But then before he went, they were two of the best mates. Like, everything was resolved because they were, A, professional enough to realise this match is money. Like, this match is something. Um, but they were also able to sort of dig in and get that bit of, like, we both know we are both dicks. But <laughs> let's make this. You know what I mean? Like, they were able to use what they didn't like about each other when they were when they didn't like each other um for the match in order to then realize oh actually okay I don't like this about this person but I do like all of this about this person for them to actually be able to become friends in the end. Um mm. like it is the maddest friendship because they were they were genuinely really good mates before Adrian Wayne and yeah, but for a long time, oh, uh, like, hated one another, truly hated one another. But I like it was mad. But yeah, that's one. Of, I'd say that's one of my favourites of his, um, just because there was genuine animosity and genuine like, like, like psychology behind it that was real. Um, so yeah, that was one of my favourites. But yeah, also getting to see him like in a ring was still the game when we did This Is Your Life was just heartwarming. Um and winning the title was class. Um but yeah, he was he was a force of nature, Adrian. I think anybody would ever argue with that. He had his moment like he grant he was a hero and he was a fanny, but he was our fanny. You know what I mean? He was our funny. Um, he had his moments, um, and we all know he had his moments. But at the same time, he would go above and beyond for the people that he cared for and that he loved. The he would just tell me things like, "Oh yeah, I did this for blah," and I'd be like, "That's insane. That's like it's so like he, he did. He had these moments where you were like." oh my God, you're an utter fanny. But then he'd have moments where you'd go, this is why people keep you about. Because you do you do have a heart of gold when you want to share it with people. Um, but yeah, he was... He was he was Adrian. He was Lionheart. And there wouldn't be another... There wouldn't be another one like him. Absolutely. He, he was a fanny, but he was our fanny. 
and that's why. <laughs> but obviously, Molly, as well, you've held championships in an ICW. You were a former women's world, going to emphasize that world part, world's champion. I want to know winning that belt, being so long history of ICW, and ha finally having a title within the company. I got to imagine the wave of emotion, pride that just came over you when you held that title above your head. Oh, it was it was mad. It is mad to think there is photos of me on my hands and knees scrubbing cake at a ring canvas to holding a title, like holding the title that I know have been held with those women that have actually given me the balls to even go, you know what? This is actually what I want to do, so I'm going to do it. Um, and the 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 line of women like that have held it, um, you know, what I mean, it's fair to say anybody that's hold it, it's pretty good. You know, what I mean, like they're they're, they're pretty world renowned, very talented individuals. So to be even considered that I could fall in that category is is an honor in itself. Um, but also the fact that it was a legit is a legitimate world title. So is the heavyweight title in ICW. Mm. They are legitimate world titles. They were. The, the, I don't know if you know this, but I would like to educate you and anybody else. Titles are officially world titles when they have been defended in at least five countries and three continents. That is the minimum requirement to make a title a world title. That's why it drives me mental when little places the title hasn't left a five-mile radius is called a world title. It makes my eye twitch, mate. It makes it go, like, uh, it's not a world title. And there's companies that I work for that when they've done it, I've went, uh, where's that been defended? And they go, oh, she's here. Um, <laughs> but I know the graph that went into making both the world title and the, the women's title uh, legitimate world titles and that's why I made it sure like when I had it I went over to Finland to defend that I was trying to get other places before you know you know, I tried to murder a woman in, on a show and it kind of went viral but apart from that time um <laughs> um yeah it, 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 but it is it's a world title and I, I knew just how much that meant and I knew the graph that had went into it so to be able to actually be saying yeah this is yours is was maddening. Um, but I also knew that the likes of Angel Hayes being able to actually take it off her meant something, meant way more than I, because obviously you think about that, you think like you think about something like that when you start training for some place like that. And you think about, well, maybe one day I'll be I'll be the women's I'll be women's champ. Mm -hmm. But un but learning something new and having a new thing, being able to tell a story with someone that you've grown to truly respect and truly see so much and like it will it will genuinely baffle me if they do not sign angel hayes when they do nxt europe like i will I, i'll i'll go down and have a word with them like i'll be so confused because she has she is only at the start of that like she has got so much wealth of knowledge because she's been doing it since she was like 13 14 but at the same time, still so young and still so willing to learn new things and be pushed to our limits and try things. Like, sometimes you do need to push her. Like, I think I'm that one that goes, do this. And she goes, oh, okay. And then she does it. And But, like, she's also grown. Like, getting her even, like, initially, like, getting her to talk was a nightmare. But now, 
she's great. She's still, she thinks she's terrible at talking when she's not, but she thinks it. But I'm like, cool. You think that's bad. I can't wait to when you think you're good at it. Like it's it's maddening. But she is, yeah, she's one of the hardest working, just loves wrestling, loves it so much that she loves certain tunes that you think she knows certain she, for some reason she's really good at people's entrances. And she loves Summer's Ray's entrance. She think it's a it's a it's a pretty banger, but she loves it. Um but yeah, there's just this sort of drive behind her and being able to have that moment with her meant more. It wasn't just, oh, we're going in, we're, we're, I'm having a match and I'm winning a title, that's cool. It's, I'm having this match and we're putting on, and, and knowing that she wanted to put on a banger too mm-hmm. so that it was some, you know what I mean? Like people would go back and watch it and be like, this was class. And like having so many people come up to us after and be like, like and, and I'm not putting anything on any other matches on that card at all. It was a banger air card at all. But having people that we don't know come up to us and go, I think that was match of the night, meant loads as well because it meant that we had done our job and we had also proven that the women in this company, the women, the women that like really, really want this will put on matches that means you cannot leave. We are, we are not go to the toilet time anymore like we are you need to stick around because these mad bitches might do something uh, <laughs> um, which grant we mad bitches do things like we do like that's not a lie um, but yeah it just being able to see her growth as well to that point from our hub, having the title to our honourably and wholeheartedly like dropping it to me meant loads as well and even still having it for as long as I did being able to face some of the people that I did with it your Lana Austins, your Chess and Moth Martinas, um, the, the list goes on and being able to have those fucking great matches too and then having that match with Rio and Rio being someone again that I've had like I I did this, I sort of spoke in the ring and people sort of were like oh when I tell the story about the first meeting of me and Rio was us in some dingy warehouse where a referee that couldn't count. That's not a joke. That's not made up. That's true. Like it's true. Genuinely, we had to push our own smoke machine with a foot with our foot. The 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 vent the place that we were honest to God, the width of this bed was bigger than the room, like the, the place we had to get changed. Um it was just a vinyl, it was maddening. But that's where we first met and we had our first like match together and it was in a three-way and it was just a nightmare. But we both came out it and instead of being raging, we were howling a laughter. <laughs> and then I was like, okay, you're cool. And she was like, okay, yeah, 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 okay, we like each other. And then we kept sort of crossing paths and always kept up, up to date with each other and stuff like that. So being able to share with her as well and being so adamant, her. Mm-hmm. Her. Um, was very important as well because also who wants to lose a title in a in a rubbish way? You you want to go out with a bang. You want something that want somebody to hit the nail in the coffin and be like, no, stay down, bitch. Like, and I think I'm I think we fairly did that. Oh. And I think some people had opinions, but you know us and you know. Our match and you went and subscribed to Fight Plus to watch it. So 
Fine plus. We're delighted with us. That's what matters. And yeah, it was just having it was an honour, but also the idea of being able to build a roster so that that title can feasibly go on anybody and any of the women that that are in a match, you go, they might take like this. We need to watch this because this might change because the at the level of talent that's coming in, any of us can be champions because realistically we all are. Mm-hmm. We all are. We all have that drive. We all have that passion. We all have that hunger that any one of us can happily hold the title of champion. The belt's nice. It's lovely and it's shiny, but it's holding that champ. Being known as champion is 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 yeah. It's it's kind of cool. Yeah. Oh, it's, it's definitely a cool thing to well. But it's funny you mention that, Molly, because I always loved the story and having the recital of a story. Because I've actually had Rio on this show and she talks about the match. And I got to know mm-hmm. the story behind the bump when Rio falls off the balcony. Because Rio's told me her side of the story of how she was like, oh, fuck, I'm fine. All right, cool, awesome. But your point of view, looking down over and then just shouting like fucking mental, wh- what were your thoughts on that whole part of the match? It's, it's mad. I think a lot of people, A, yes, of course, like, it's so clear, like, there's been so many times people have come off that balcony in, in ICW, right? There are countless amount of things. Christ, Drew McIntyre, hoofs, no, I'm dad, half it. Like, I mean, hoofsome, half it. One big spoof, gone. But nobody talked about that. Months before it, literally November, this happened in the end of January, right? Beginning of Feb, when was it? January or February, it's one eh, It's been a long time. Um, but from November, somebody got gorilla placed over it. No, nobody said a thing. Nobody said a thing. It's cool. It was weird. As soon as two birds do it, two women decide, ah, let's let's have this a go. The place erupts. The place goes mad. Now, Grant, people sometimes think, oh, look at those women. We're professionals. We know our job. We know what we're doing. We know, like, we had planned that, like, it's just, let me get comfortable, because now I'm getting, oh, right, um, we know what we're doing, we're trained professionals, and in all honesty, out of, and this isn't a dig on anybody on that roster, and stuff like that, but me and Rio are probably two of the most well-traveled people on that roster, currently, and previously, like, we have literally travelled around the world. We have travelled up and down the country. The reason why we're f- we, we're friends in any way, shape or form is because we had to travel to get there. I either had to go down or she had to come up. Like, we haven't just decided to stay in our, in our lane. We're not women that like to stay in our lane. We like to go out there. We like to try and learn from different places wrestle as much as we possibly could because also let's be honest the majority of shows still only have one women's match and we are making sure that we could possibly be on one of those one women's matches that are happening up and down the country for us to be able to get booked and for us to be able to wrestle as much as we do we have to travel that's not an option and because of that we've learned so much things like we've been in mad matches down in TNT we've been in man matches all over the place we've done this so when it came to yeah we wanted to make sure we wanted to make sure that 
yes, okay, Rhea was fairly new to the ICW audience. Like, she'd been there before, but she wasn't as known as I was at that time. Like, mm-hmm. And we wanted to make sure that by the end of that night, that room full of people were like, this bitch. Like, yes, she's ours. She's one of us. And by the soon as she fell, she was one of them. Soon as she fell, that room was like, oh, my God. Like, And when she got up and when she kicked out, that room was like, this game is on. Like, let's do this. Like, they were delighted when she got it because of what she'd went through and what she'd done. Not one single person in that room made a negative comment because they understood what they were there for. They were there for over 18s, insane, insane championship wrestling. They were going to see something possibly insane at insane championship wrestling, and they did. And guess what? She wasn't injured. Why? Because she's a professional. And she understands how to fall and she understands what she's doing, like how I understand what I'm doing and how we got to there. And it's it's just and it, like although I don't want to believe that it is, but it is probably because we're female. It is probably because they have never seen women do this before and <laughs> the spooky girls are cut like but there's part of it that is that. And okay, you don't need to like it. That's fine. Like, as I was saying before, it's the idea of, like, you don't have to do everything, but sometimes, and we knew we need to do we need to do something that makes sure that by the end of this, every single person in this room who loves this woman, like, is behind this, will come back to see her as champion because of what she's done tonight. Um, so, no matter what you say, the psychology of that match was... Mwah, we managed, we, we truly, truly thought about everything that we did. Um, and yeah, it's it's maddening and it still carries on. Like the other day, I got a, a an Instagram message of somebody that I'd, that was like, it was like Vader hitting something, Ken, Ken Shamrock hitting something, then it was us, and then it was someone in Japan. And I was just like, we are never escaping this. And we were like, but so what? Like, it's it, it's that kind of thing where from since that moment, like look at the trajectory Rio's on right mm. now. Like she's but that's exactly who she is and that's exactly what she deserves and that's like she grafts so hard, she thinks of everything and yeah, like having being able to be like the two of us being like we've kind of done this the same amount of time and we've we we've went through the same thing in wrestling and i've been able to have that moment but also being able to have someone that when death threats and when abuse and when all sorts started coming through social media um we had each other to go this is mad right and now grant we also got a whole bunch of love and a whole bunch of support and a whole bunch of people defending us and people like and it was it was it was lovely you know what i mean like people really there was a the mass of that but when you're getting this wave of like oh like and you're just like and it when it becomes personal and when it starts like 
truly like hoping like genuinely there was people that were like i hope they die like i hope i hope they try and do something like this again and what and something goes wrong and they die because they shouldn't be in the business and all that you know like what plot like it, yeah so but having someone that i knew was strong enough that was mentally strong enough to go we're all right we know what we did we know we're fine and uh, you know the thing is See if it gone bad. See if she'd got injured. Fine. I'm here. I would take every criticism underneath the sun if it had gone wrong. Cool. Crucify me. But it didn't because we're professionals. It didn't because we're well trained. We didn't because we actually think about what's going on. We didn't because we actually want to make sure the other person is fine at the end of the day and walks out and guess what? She walked out with a title. Like... Every movement we made made sense. Everything about it. Like if you actually, if you actually decide to go and watch the full match, and rather than just criticize us on one small clip from one angle, you might actually realize actually these mad bitches are actually good at their job. Um, but yeah, it was a, it was a very, it was a very interesting time. And in all honesty, I remember so on Twitter when it was still Twitter. Mm. If you have over 20 notifications it would just say it would just say 20 it would change the number and it was constant 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 until so that happened on the sunday it was constant until the friday when a referee set a man on fire and got launched across a room that's when it calmed down because they decided to go and shout at that instead and i was like what <laughs> Fucking hell, Jesus Christ. So yeah, that's that was how crew and then it still keeps coming up. And then you had the likes of Vince Russo and Al Snow deciding to tag us and what they were saying about us. Actively write our names, but then not say our names when they would talk about us and re would refer to me as Big Girl. And the weird thing about that was at that time when that happened. I was away doing a theatre show uh, because, again, I do that sort of thing. I was doing a theatre show with professional wrestling involved. Um, I'd just come off stage. I was backstage and I seen that it happened. I went, oh, God, play. was playing it out loud in the dressing room while we were getting to And it was another member of the cast that had said, did they tag you in that? Wait, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd spent two weeks of utter bombardment and they went did he tag you in that and i was like yeah 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 they did then so why didn't they say your name what and they went that's heavy cheeky like they didn't say who you were they spoke about you they talked about you they tagged you in it so they know who you are but they didn't and i was like it's heavy cheeky and then from there i was like you know, you know what you know what i'll snow you know what you know what, everybody? I am the big girl. I am the big girl. I'm the big girl. I'm going to make sure you say my name. If you're not going to say, I'm going to make sure I am the big girl. So that every time you say that, you say my name. Because that's who I am now. The big girl doesn't matter what size you are or what stature you are or anything. If you think big, if you can do it, then you are the big girl. Mm -hmm. And I'm not letting anybody sort of talk us down in that sense because... Yeah, we did something that went viral. We did something that millions of people 
scene. We did something that when I was at a convention months later, I kept people tapping me on the shoulder and going, did I see you murder a woman? And I was like, yeah, that was me. And they're like, oh, cool. And they carry on. I was like, yeah, yeah. we won't mess. I'm like, cool. So, yeah, it still, still gets spoken about. People still talk to me. Were you the girl? Yes, I was. Oh, okay. Um, and I'm like, yeah, it's... But again, it's good to... Um, it's weirdly good to have experienced that side of the internet, but with someone who I know is also mentally strong enough to take it. Ah, absolutely. I mean, hey, I I love that match. I was there for WrestleMania for Rhea and Charlotte, but I still think your match maybe on to your level because I, I love watching No, I was at WrestleMania for Rhea and Charlotte. It was absolutely incredible. <laughs> <laughs> it was a fucking banger, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Banger of a match. Like, I was just like, no, nah, no, nah, this is the best match. Everybody go ahead. Like, absolute screamer that match was. Um, and yeah, I would, I, I, I just remember my father in law was with me at that time. And obviously, like, Charlotte comes out and Rhea comes out, and I'm like, she's got Rhea. And he went, what? I went, and he went, I recognize her. I went, she was in the UK. She had the UK. He was like, that's it. So she would cheer on her. I was like, yeah. And he was like, Let's go, Rhea! <laughs> um, I was like, she's she's Australian, but she's one of ours, so let's go. Like, that's fine. Um, we adopt her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's one of ours. Um, but yeah, that was that match was an absolute banger. So I'm 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 not saying that, but like Rhea Charlotte was possibly one of the best matches at WrestleMania this year, and in any WrestleMania, in any women's WrestleMania match there has been. So just not getting there because you know it's. Rhea Ripley and Charlotte Flair. Yeah, I'll I'll say something controversial better than Cody and Roman. I'll take I'll take I'll take that bullet. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, something something else I want to ask as well, Molly, is another story we mentioned about the red braid in her hair, about the story behind oh. that. I gotta know. Right, okay. Do you want me to show you something? Stay there. Oh, oh fuck. <laughs> Now everybody's going to realise just how much of a weird creep I am sometimes, right? But, so, um, the red braid in her hair truly represents me because I'm the redhead. Um, and I have, so I have this thing, right? So this little uh, sock monkey goes everywhere with me, especially at wrestling. And his name is Gary, right? Mm. And it was given to me as a present from a next-door neighbour called Rudy, who was like, five at the time and he gave me this on my first ever wrestling match so i was nervous and he gave it to me as a luck charm but gary's scarf that i've just taken off (laughs) 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 so normally because it's a good luck charm gary usually you'll find it in my suitcase will normally have this fetching scarf which still has actual hair in it which (laughs) right but yeah so i kept this braid of reels so she goes everywhere with me as well see what i mean by not wanting to hurt a person like um (laughs) but yeah so the the red braid if you see the red braid in reels hair it actually represents 
of Molly Spartan here um, because of the red hair and stuff. So yeah, that was the 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 example. But yeah, I kept I kept the. <laughs> Oh god, I'm a creep, but it's it's an it's an endearing creep. Um, but yeah, this goes in my suitcase everywhere I go. We're wrestling, um, and yeah, it's all it's. I'm I'm a weirdo that likes pure. The fact that I remember I remember going into that show and said in my head thinking, I mean it'd be cool if I cut one of her braids off, but I'd never ask her that. Never asked to do that. That's it. And then she walked in the other way. Do I cut one of my braids off? And I was like. Yes. <laughs> um, so yeah, the red rain does represent heat me here, but uh, yeah, and I've uh, kept it. So but, it didn't go away. It's not just disappeared. Oh. Also, well, I was about to say it's not like some mad creepy stalker fan has it, but a mad creepy fan has it. But the the fan is our pal, so that's okay. Yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a one-of-a-kind wrestling memorabilia that's going to be in the Hall of Fames. Yeah, I'm going to keep it. going to keep it. And then and then when uh, cloning technology gets better, yeah. I'm going to take the actual bit of real hair and I'll just make another one so that we we have loads of real and then we'll have loads of cracking matches everywhere because there'll just be hundreds of reels. My God, I can see it now. ICW Shot House Party 69 in the future. Molly Spartan in a gauntlet of 80 reels. Oh, main 80. event. No, no. The whole card is just oh. real. It's real. The entire poster is just multiple reels. Wow. Hey, <laughs> that's a sellout show because you never know what's going to happen. <laughs> but now let's go to the future because Shot House Party 8 is coming up. And, you know, you've got a match there and, you know, an eight person tag. And, you know, the manifesto, they kind of may have delivered a little promo about you going on and saying their words and all that. But I want to know, Molly, how scared should these fuckers be? Because your two other tag partners haven't been announced yet. I just want to know how fucking scared should these fuckers be? Very, very. And the, the, the weird thing about this right, is, for some reason, ADA has it in his head that it's about him. And he always does. That's the problem with ADA. He, he's full of his own hype. And I'm trying to be okay. I'm trying to be nice about this because I do want your audience to continue listening, and I don't want to just start really expressing how I feel. Um, but yeah, everything ADM does is about ADM, and for some reason, he's managed to absolutely brainwash the likes of Eddie Castles and and Moxie Malone and Grant MacGyver and even Tyler Wright, even though he's a bit eerie and I get a bit when he's about, but. He's managed to somehow convince them that what he believes and what he says and what he does will make them better and somehow push them forward. But the problem I have with ADM isn't actually about ADM. It's it's about the people that he's somehow convinced. Because, as I said before, Eddie Castle was there on my first day of training. We are, We have literally done this the exact same amount of time from the very second we walked in. We have tried, like, we have gone through everything. We have went from trying to figure out who we are and who we could be in professional wrestling together. We have learned from headlock to spear, like, together. And Eddie's, Eddie's so much better than this. 
he he could be a world champion, but there is no chance EDM would let that happen. Like, there is no chance. He will only just hold that boy back for his own gain and his own, like, prosperity. And I don't really know Grant MacGyver that well. It's fair to say, but I'm sure... I'm sure he's got redeeming qualities of some form that is better than this. And I know that he's worked hard and I know he's been around this scene for ages. Like he was doing this longer than than me. And I'm I'm never gonna I just don't know him that well to truly feel something about it. But you've also got the likes of Moxie Malone. The fact that Moxie would let some man dictate for her, mm-hmm. it's not the girl that I met. She started in JPWA. And in fact, I gave that lassie a job. I used to manage a bar in Glasgow and when she worked in another bar and they wouldn't give her time off to go train, I told her I'd give her a job and I gave her a job. I hired that girl so that she was able to get Tuesdays free to go to training in order to become who she is today. And now she's going to let some man, some man that's fully his own utter bullshit dictate for her. She could become a world champion if she just took those rose-tinted glasses off and started to believe in herself more than believing in him. Christ, I'm not the easiest, and I'm not going to say that I'm 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 all, I'm all clean and honourable, and I've done everything by the book. I haven't, but I at least know when I do it. I'm I'm doing it because I feel like it. Like that's the mood I'm in that day. I'm maybe feeling a bit spiteful that day. I'm maybe feeling a bit disheartened that day. So yeah, I'll take it out and yeah, and I might swing a chair or I might do this, that, and the next thing. But I also know I'm fully capable of winning titles myself. I'm fully capable of everything that I've done myself. I've got a tag partner. Yeah, I've got Casey. She's my best mate. She's been with me through thick and thin. Christ, we fought in the past because we've known that's kind of what we should do. And we've had our faults and we've had our bickers, but we're able to always see each other and get back together. But everything we've done, we're fully aware we're doing it for the right reason. But they, for some reason, think they're doing it for some grander scheme of things. But in reality, they're doing it for some man that can't do it himself. Mm-hmm. Like some man hides behind better talent than he did. And he did it with Dylan Thorne. And Dylan Thorne realised and got away from him. And look at him now. Like Dylan Thorne will be another zero G champion. I know that's that's that will happen and he'll do it without the manifesto. And when I lost the title, Casey didn't turn her back on me. Not once. Because she's real. She's actually a partner. She looks out for me. She wants me to do well. She wants to support me when I won the title. She supported me when I when I had the title, she supported me. Yeah, okay, she got a wee glimmer of gold in her eye as well and we fought, but after it it was done. We were back to the same page. And every friendship sometimes skips a couple of chapters and we did for a bit, but now we've caught up. Hmm. But she's been injured and they decide to carry on running their mouth and that's not going to happen. No, 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 no. But every single time I try and talk, I try and actually be reasonable. Me being reasonable, I've thrown people off balconies. I'm, I'm not normally the most reasonable person, but I actually tried to be reasonable because I had 
friends, people that I cared about involved in this. But that time's up. I'm done being reasonable and I am it you know what truly scares me about this match is the fact that yeah I've got Angel Hayes and I've spoke about her plenty in this and I know she has had her issues with them as well and she's doing it for very much the fact that they kept on getting involved where they just should have just stayed away but for me they don't even realise. They talk a big game. They think that if after this match, no one will be able to stop them, no one will ever be able to them. They've not, they've not even realised that even if, even if they hit me with everything, throw me off that balcony 800 times, I am going to keep on getting up and I'm going to keep on making sure, I have said it before and I will say it again, I am going to be the rapture of the manifesto. And it's not just going to be me, there's going to be many other people that get involved because nobody likes them. They get involved where they shouldn't do and they don't even stand on their own two feet. That's what's really bothersome. Even if you don't like some people, even if you're against the likes of... Theodorus, you can't argue that the man doesn't stand on his own two feet mm. but ADM can't and that's what scares him that's what terrifies him because he knows he can't so he surrounds himself with people and he manipulates people to think that they need him and they do not so the rapture is going to be when I wake these people up and realise that they don't need him anymore and come Shug's house party. Yeah. My tag partners, the other people that I have, like I've said before, like it's not been that difficult to find people to join because no one likes the manifesto. But even if my team doesn't beat them, that's not going to stop me from ripping them apart. And I will continue to do that until mm. every single one of them wakes up and realises that they are better than this absolute self-profiting bullshit that ADM spouts. Mm. It really seems, Molly, not only are you going for the victory with this match, but you're on a rescue mission. That's 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 what it feels like. Like, the thing that scares me the most is that, yeah, these people are doing well because they are great talents. But my worry is what happened with Dylan Thorne was they, he mucked up. He lost a title. He'd lost a title to somebody like Daz Black. It's not like it was just some newbie, like, wannabe rookie that walked in the door. He won it to somebody who is incredible. But they decided to just attack him for that, and that's not on. The one thing, like, Grant, me and Casey, we done shady things, but we always had each other. That was the main thing. It didn't matter who liked us and who didn't like us, because we always had each other, but I don't think they will always have ADM. And I'm hoping that they realise that before he does. 
mm. and that they can get rid of him before he gets rid of them. Absolutely. It's a very dangerous situation for these individuals. You know, it's sort of like having, you can do the actions, you can do what you can do, but you have no morals behind them. You're just gutless. Mm-hmm. And that's what it feels like. And the worrying thing is with ADM, I think if he actually, I think he can stand on his own two feet as well, but I don't think he believes he can. And he'll argue. He will, blue in his face, tell you that I'm wrong, that I'm out of order here, and of course he can do this, and he's the prophet, and believe in the prophet, and blah, like. But I think he could. But I don't think he believes he can, truly, deep down. And that's why he's doing all this. That's why he's the way he is. Because he gets people that he wants to be like to surround them. Mm. But yeah, I just I'm worried about people who that I used to really care for. Right now, I'm Right now, I just need to... Genuinely, I've got to a point where I'm going to need to knock the sense into people. Um, so, yeah, that's what's, that's what's going to probably be happening at Shug's house party. And uh, also, if I can boot ADM in the boss, I'd quite happily go home with a smile on my face. Uh, yeah, I mean, I definitely think the fans would be <laughs> a cheerful spirit in head. But, hey, come Shug's house party, hell or high wars, Molly Spartan's going to be saving people, folks. And... You know, that's something we're great going to see. But obviously within the Scottish... Who's seen that coming? Who's no. seen that coming? This is how bad it's got. That I'm having to get involved. That's how bad it is. Like, hey, going from murder, trying to murder somebody to saving people. That's how bad this is. Well, just shows you never know what's going to happen in the world of professional wrestling. Things can go from high water to low water to good to bad. Flipping a dime, you never know. But obviously within Scottish wrestling... We're looking to the future, and future talents are rising up and killing it. And, our, and I know you faced these two previous guests in the shows, and Ashley Vega and Daisy Jenkins, two female wrestlers I think are just rising and killing it within the business. Obviously, you've got a match coming up with Daisy Jenkins at Pro 2 Wrestling. Seeing the future generation of female stars rising up within the Scottish wrestling scene, what does that mean to you to see, Molly? What's really cool about the likes of Daisy is the fact that she's also from where I'm from. She's from Fife. Um, which is a part of Scotland that hasn't really produced much talent in the years gone by. Um, but the fact that, yeah, she is, she's just got the right head on her shoulders. She is so humble, but she is constantly trying to be better. And like every time I'm asked any feedback, what's going on, but like, she is really, really, really getting there and like just going above and beyond to try and be the best version that she can be of herself. And she'll be great. Like she's going to be great if she just keeps going the way she does and she she keeps that humbleness about her. She'll do incredible. Um, Ashley's actually been doing it this roughly about the same amount of time as me, but obviously she started in Glasgow from a different school. Um, and now he's training at FPWA. And we had that match, in, which weirdly, she actually was my opponent in a match in Fife for the first time that I wrestled in Fife in front of my family 
So it was it was weird. It was the Fife School versus the Glasgow School with the Fife girl wrestling the Glasgow girl for the opposing sides. <laughs> so um yeah, no, she's really obviously she's really changed sort of the dynamic of where she's going with things as well. And um hopefully hopefully my feedback helps her uh and that she'll listen and you know think about things. Um but yeah, having sort of FPWA as well in Fife is great. I mean, it's mad to think that how different my journey could have been if FPWA was alive and well and running when before I even got to ICW, when I was in, when I was still living back at my parents' house in Fife and taking notes about how what camera positions are like in RAW and things like that for when I was at college <laughs> and when I was going to uni and stuff. And even just thinking about it, if I'd started... Like, it's mad to think, like, what if I'd started the same time that Angel Hayes and that did, and, I, like, actually Vegas started when they were, like, 14, like, instead of in their 20s. Like, it's... So it's, it's so exciting to hopefully see some incredible talent actually being able to come out of Fife. Like, it's mad to think that in the WWE games, Glasgow, Ayrshire and Johnson are all in the games because you've got Drew and Piper for Ayr, you've got the Gallus Farm for Glasgow and you've got Alba Fire for Johnston, but you don't have Edinburgh or Fife. Like you've, it's like you've got one side of the country, but you don't have the other, but it's because... There hasn't been talent getting produced out there. And now you've got the likes of Joe Henry's school in Edinburgh and then you've got APWA and stuff like that. The hope is, is that one day, maybe got maybe Edinburgh and maybe Fife will actually get a shout. Maybe Kirkcaldy, where I'm from, might pop up as an option to be billed from. And you'll have to you have to hear some poor American ring announcer having to try and pronounce Kirkcaldy correctly. Imagine somebody came for Ochtermachty and oh. having to have like some Michael Cogan. Yeah, she's from Akhtermachty. Like, like, that would be the best. Like, so who knows? Who knows? Sunday might come for Akhtermachty one day and it has to get announced around the world. And the world will need to learn how to pronounce Akhtermachty correctly. We need to get that. Americans trying to... Oh, um, a language lesson but, at the end of the day. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, just... That's never happened. So yeah, the the hope is is that that could change, and that maybe, maybe one day, someday, um, for the East Coast might actually be an some some place for the East Coast might be an option to choose when you're trying to make a character on two K thirty seven or something. <laughs> Who knows, Mel? Maybe you'll be in a showcase mode, get, going against Rhea Ripley for the women's championship someday. Yeah, yeah, and I will pee my pants before that match. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, Molly Spartan, you have been an absolute pleasure to have here on the Soul Sessions. Honestly, thank you so much for this opportunity. But <laughs> thank you for having me. I want to leave one question here before we finish up. And you know, America has WWE, AW, and Impact, and you know, has its own style. You know, Japan as well, Mexico, AAA, CMML, Scotland, and you know. Scotland's such a beautiful country. We've produced great stuff. ICW, Pro 2, everywhere like that. In the world of professional wrestling, what do you think Scotland will mean to it? Christ. 
Scotland will be the place that represents that it is possible, that the dream is possible. If you think about it, there was a point in time during the pandemic where you had the Gallus Firm holding the UK tag titles, you had Nikki Cross holding the female tag title, you had um, Alba Fire, Kayleigh Ray was holding the women's UK title and Drew McIntyre holding the World Championship. Now, for a country that only has about 5.5 million of us in it, to literally be known as the one in a million, like they were the one in a million to hold titles in their country, it just shows that there is a point in time where with Scotland, for some reason, if you kind of back us in a corner and tell us something's not possible, we'll be like, oh, really? Okay, hold my pint. Uh, it's it's a country of people full of that. And when you find the people that are passionate about wrestling, they are very passionate about it. Like, I, I, I always try to explain to even US fans about the UK. If you are a wrestling fan in the UK, you are dedicated. Because if you want to watch Raw Live, you need to be up at 1am and you're going to bed at 4. If you want to watch a pay-per-view, Christ, the amount of times I would go watch WrestleMania in a bar in Glasgow and I'd be going home while I see people walking to their work. Like, I look like I'm doing the walk of shame, but I'm totally sober and I'm really, and I'm carrying a McDonald's. Like, it's, it's, it's country of lunatics, but mm. the best kind. And yeah, I think Scotland's going to be one of those countries that it's, all, it's always going to be synonymous because I had the first UK champion from Scotland in WWE. And yeah, it's going to be, it's going to be remembered as the place that constantly fights for what it wants and what it believes in. And that, yeah, it's the one in a million. It's the one in the million of countries because, yeah, it li literally was. It literally was at one point. I was like, this is mad. Um, but also, we've all got kind of sexy accents. So I bet they've, they've discovered this and that's why they've hired so many of us. So AEW just needs to, needs to realise that, that they need a, you know what I mean, the dulcet tones of a Scottish individual. Um, or impact needs the dulcet tones of a Scottish individual now, and they'll they'll be swimming, they'll be laughing. Um, oh. So yeah, um, yeah, Scotland and wrestling will always be the one in a million, um, wow. and it will always be a country that people go to look at for good talent. Because guess what? Wait, what you say? As I said, there's something in the water. I mean, hell, I mean, like, God, that's an inspirational quote. That's like an end of movie quote you could put there. In the <laughs> Who knows, Molly? Maybe we can see you against Jimmy Hayters or Trinity in Impact someday. Some kick-ass match. Yeah, that would be class. That would be class. Really, I want Slamovich. Ooh. I want Slamovich in Impact. That's what I want. Plus, like, what, what kept the hair? The hair in that match. <laughs> it's so, yeah, go that's what through. I want in Impact. I want Slamovich. Well, hey, dream match. I say so myself, but Molly Spahn, <laughs> thank you for coming on the Soul Sessions. But folks, if you want to learn more about her journey and see what she's getting up to, I will include her Instagram link in the description of this video. As well, I will include a link to Iron Girder's Shaman A Show. Let's sell this fucker out and let's support yes. great wrestling. 
the first LGBT event in Scotland. We are going to sell this fucker out. I can assure you on that. Well, lad, it's called Iron Grinders. That was Shay's Shay's idea, and we were like, "Cool, that's the name you want. That's fine. We we did name it that. You named it that, Shay." Um, but yeah, please, it's going to be incredible. Like I already know what the card is, and it is going to be outstanding. You're going to see people for the first time that you've never seen before. Some great talents are coming up from sort of down south and stuff like that. Um, and yeah, it's also just going to be so much fun. We're doing a pre-show party, and um, which we're hoping to get some entertainment on that. Not necessarily wrestling, but of the LGBTQ fun kind. Um, so yeah, we're really looking forward to it. Um, it's really exciting, and I just I'm just excited to go find decorations with Shay. Like when I get back to to Scotland, we are going looking to decorate that place out. So yeah, it's. It's, it's going to be so much fun in class and it's so exciting to do um, and also just really exciting to be part of. Absolutely. Indeed, it's going to be a fun, fantastical, dazzling event. Come on, viewers, click the link. Right, I know you've watched the episode, <laughs> episode, but get that link clicked and get them tickets bought. Right, thank you, everyone, for tuning in for another episode of The Soul Sessions. She has been Molly Spartan. Thank you, everyone. And remember, tune in for more Soul Sessions. <laughs>